0: hey this is phil yanov with the tech after five podcast and i've got my friend scott pfeiffer here as always scott we got someone special to talk to today
1: we do phil it's great to be here as usual and it's even better to be here with our good friend tim waller Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate you having me here.
0: You know what? This is just a really practical thing, I think, Scott, in that, you know, people are all the time saying, you know, they've they've got businesses and they feel like they'd like to have more attention for that business, right? I would love to be on the TV. I'd love to be on the news. I'd love people to be caring about blogs and podcasts and all that. I would love people to be talking about my business or my enterprise. I mean, that's a good thing for their business, but they simply... Tim, they just don't know how to get people to do that, right? They don't know how to get on, they make mistakes quite frankly. And I just think that there's some magic to
2: this. And the funny thing is I was in television news for 30 plus years, uh, and I was uh, completely uh, accustomed to my phone ringing all the time and receiving emails all the time. But but I never really placed any significance on how many people were trying to get their stories told on TV. Uh, But now that I've left the business, I, I'm, I'm finding out that there is a real uh, a real need out there, a real curiosity by people that, that want to know the answer to this, how to crack the code.
0: Yeah, well, I I think this is a, a thing that people want to know, Scott.
1: Oh, well, I completely agree. You know, uh, paying for advertising is great, but there's nothing better than what you hear called earned media coverage, right? Where a reporter or a magazine or a newspaper is going to write a story or cover a story about you that they think is important and it, it lends their credibility to you as a, as a speaker and to your company as a brand, it's really, there's nothing better.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways to do this. We're talking about earned media today. How do I get it? And how do I mess this up? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, Tim, I mean, I, I'm going to guess that people get this wrong more than they get it right. And you've got some ideas about what is the wrong. If I want earned media for my business, there's some ways that I can screw this up. You need to tell us a horror story, I guess. I, I,
2: you know, golly, and, and the list is long, as you might imagine. But, but I think one of the biggest uh, mess-ups that, that businesses or entities or, or public relations people make is they will pitch stories, uh, and, and the story itself is not that bad, but it is not the type of story that that reporter generally covers on a day-to-day basis. So uh, moral, moral of this story is if you wanna pitch a story, figure out who at the news organization, whether it be a TV station or a newspaper, who does what uh, don't pitch a story to me the guy who covers crime or you know some very serious topics uh, about the new uh, potato and carrot peeler that was invented by a greenville guy i'm never going to get to cover that story get a lay of the land figure out who does what and pitch relevant stories to that particular journalist
0: yeah so that that It's a beat, right? They've got sort of a beat. You've got some themes of things that you're going to cover, and we want you to be, you know, if you want to mess this up, send it to the guy who couldn't cover it if he wanted to.
2: (laughs) Exactly. I would get those types of story pitches all the time.
0: Right. i look at it,
2: and I'd say, well, you know, I get it, but can't do it.
0: Right. All right. Not
2: me. Wrong place. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. Number two, what else is on your list? Things that people get wrong.
2: Um... They will put a lot of time into an email to to pitch this story and they bury the lead. And they'll send the email at 3.30 in the afternoon, which is what was generally my busiest time of the day. I am jamming on the story uh, that I've been working on all day that has to air at four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock. And now uh, in my inbox, I've just gotten a brand new email from somebody and I start to read it because I want to give them, you know, the time of day. But I can't find really what it's about.
0: Yeah. And, I, just, I mean, you're a busy guy, right? And you should, no. anyone should assume. I mean, if you're trying to get a story into TV, I mean, TV is busy. I mean, they're looking for stories. They would love to have interesting things to talk about, but you don't need to make it hard for them. They're not spending a bunch of time thinking, oh, what am I going to read next? I'm just hoping something's going to come over the transom so I have something else to read.
2: Yeah, and really, you could make this argument about any industry. You know, In, in, in every industry, uh, fewer people are doing more work than ever before. It's just how it is these days, and, and it holds true in a TV newsroom. Uh, so there's just a few of us. Trying to get a whole bunch of content on the air, uh, so don't bury the lead.
1: Mm. Make it easy on me. Spoon feed me. Please. Yeah. You know, I think this is a problem in all writing. Whether it's term papers, legal briefs, blog posts, a hallmark of bad writing is that you don't get to the point. You don't make your point clearly up front so the reader knows what this article is going to be about. And people quit reading.
0: Yeah. I think that's right. And so, again, the term of art is bearing the lead. But it's like, what are we talking about? Why is this important? And I think in a good pitch, and I've done this myself, is I just write that at the top. Why do I think this is worth your listeners, your audience's time? Here's what I think is important. And then you can agree with me or disagree with me. But at least you didn't have to go digging to find it.
1: Because you're not going to go digging to
0: find it. No, (laughs) but yeah, they don't have that kind of time. All right, Tim, is there any other thing, just a bad, another thing that
2: people get wrong all the time before we tell them how to make this work? I just want to throw this out there. You know, tell me once, uh, tell me twice, don't tell me, don't, don't pitch your story 10 times. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that.
0: Right. So, how does that work? <laughs> I love that. By the way, one of my favorite TV stories. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, so, in something like that, I mean, you know, we want people to be, or people want to be persistent. Um, but yeah, but we don't want to be annoying. How do, we, how do we make that bridge there, right? How can someone be persistent without being a trouble to you or
2: somebody else? I, I think, and, and I think this is fair and it would apply to, to most newsrooms. Uh, w- although, you know, different newsrooms are going to have different expectations where this is concerned. Uh, I, I think an email that lays it all out and then maybe on the day of the event, um, if you haven't heard back, from that news organization, call them up. Yeah. Uh, a, a well-placed phone call to the assignment desk, hey, this is so-and-so. Uh, we we brought this story to your attention a couple of days ago. Want to see if you're gonna have a, a camera
1: crew or a reporter come out and cover this.
2: Correct. That's fair,
1: yeah. and, and we get that all the time. Sure, So. okay, so we, go ahead. Yeah, so the problem with uh, sending the 10 emails is that I already wasn't going to cover this story. I wasn't interested after the first two, so I'm gonna pass. But you sent me ten. Now I'm not gonna look at it. The next time you pitch me a story, the first email's going in the spam filter because you just start. You're annoying now. And and I, I I didn't want to admit that, Scott. But it but it's
2: so true. You you've annoyed me, and and I, I I'm not totally upset with you. But if you're that person that sends ten emails, I don't know. Right. We, we've got a problem.
0: Yeah. So, and we don't want to be that. And that's a part of it. Again, you know, we started this thing here. We're not bearing the lead here, but we just don't want people... There are potholes on the way to getting your story on the air of any TV and we don't want people to get stuck in those ditches along the way, right? So what we did... To, why we've got Tim here with us today is we want to help people get their story out, Tim, how do I do it? If I, I'm a small business and I'm, you know, in my case, probably almost always a tech business of some sort, right? So I'm the nerd dude, typically, and I want to get something
2: out, how do I do it? Journalists everywhere have been begging for this for for decades, Uh, and thank you for this opportunity to to, to finally set it straight. I I think above everything else, reporters want clear, concise, story pitches that are actually newsworthy.
0: Okay, so now you're going to have to explain it. I mean, I I, I say maybe Scott and I've got this kind of figured out, but newsworthy and not everything is going to be a winner, right? So tell us what does newsworthy mean to you?
2: Sure. Um, Newsworthy in the sense of is that a story that would actually be assigned to the reporter that day? For example, uh, it's great that, that Uh, You and fellow employees uh, cleaned up the the trash on the side of the highway over the weekend did some community service or uh, everybody jumped in on another great Habitat for Humanity house uh, that takes place a lot chances are Um, A a TV station, for example, is not going to dedicate a reporter uh, to to cover that story after the fact. They want something big, something uh, that, that people are talking about, that's happening right now. Here's a great example of how a national story can be localized. A couple of weeks ago, the city of San Francisco became the first city in America to pass really a symbolic resolution banning the use of facial recognition software. So what does that mean to any of us uh, living in upstate uh, South Carolina or or Western North Carolina or Northeast Georgia? Well here's what it means. Uh, The other day at a Tech After Five event I met a young lady who works at a company and guess what they make? Facial recognition software. What a perfect opportunity that would have been to get the CEO of that locally based company on the air talking about uh, facial recognition technology. What does it mean? Where is it going? Where is it taking us? Perfect opportunity for quick and easy earned media.
0: Yeah. So that that's the thing, right? I mean, it- If I'm thinking about as the TV person, what is the thing, the job they're trying to get done? I mean, they've got a hole to fill. I always say that from my perspective, right? They want to put news in there because otherwise it would be all ads from one end to the other. So they got got a a news hole to fill and they want to put something in there. And they want stories with local faces. If they get something that looks interesting. I mean, again, we're talking about television, right? Something that looks something where they could take a camera, maybe show something more than a guy sitting at a desk. I mean, something that's visual, that's a really good appeal. So if there is a national story that someone has heard and there might be a local angle, this is a perfect time to put together just a simple pitch for the local TV guy.
2: And if you start thinking in those terms, you think of all the big national stories that people talk about, uh, how many opportunities there are to localize
1: those big stories, when you practice that a little bit, you kind of get good at it. Yeah. Seems like that's the kind of thing that you would be good at if someone hired Tim Waller PR is you get to know their business and then you're sort of on the lookout for national stories that you can relate down and get your guy in front of the news. I've done that for more than 25 years. Uh, It was my job. I was forced
2: to think in terms of how can this become a, a news story. Right. So it, it, it's second nature at this point.
0: Okay. So your first tip was try to find something newsworthy and an easy way to solve that problem. Make your business newsworthy is to be a local element of something that's a bigger national story.
2: Absolutely. And just give give it a little practice in your mind. Look for those opportunities and uh, eventually it, it'll come easy for you. You'll, you'll be a master story pitcher.
0: All right. So second thing on your list is you want story pitches that are targeted. I don't think people are going to know what that means. Explain it for me.
2: Know what a reporter covers and pitch things that are relevant to that reporter. And I sort of touched on this in the first uh, clue. You know, it's funny. All the years I spent in TV news – I was always stereotyped, I guess, by my managers as, okay, Tim Waller, maybe by virtue of the way he sounds, the way he looks, the the way he behaves, I was always put on the the hard news stories, the, the, the heavy duty death and destruction stuff. Uh, I gravitated toward that. So if you know that a guy like me covers the, the, the hardcore stories, uh, you're probably, you probably don't want to pitch an easygoing, light and fluffy story to a guy like me. If you have a light and fluffy story that you think is good, find the reporter that covers that type of thing. We all have our different respective beats Great. Uh, figure out who does what makes the process a lot easier.
0: Yeah. Okay. I think that's great advice. All right. Number three on your list, you want stories to include access to real people within the company.
2: Yeah. If you're going to pitch a story, and there's so many good stories out there, make sure that everybody at your company that you work with, everybody's on board with it, and give the reporter access. They... they chances are they don't want to talk to the PR person, they don't want to talk to the people in marketing, they want to sit down with your CEO, or they want to sit down with your, uh, your software developer, the, the, the person who, who made this story come to life and, and get real answers, and, and they, they want access to, uh,
1: the, as you said, the pictures, the visuals that, that actually make this an interesting story. You know, sometimes, Tim, it could be a little intimidating for someone who's maybe the CEO or owner of a small business to, to say, okay, I'm going to go get interviewed on TV by this TV reporter that I watch every night. But that's one thing you do also is you can help people prep for being interviewed by reporters. Sure.
2: You know, journalists um, come in all shapes and sizes. We, we all know this. Not everyone is going to ask the, the greatest questions uh, in the world. But if you kind of know where most uh, reporters on a deadline are coming from, and and based on your earliest conversation with them, when when they've agreed to come out and do the story, you can get a sense of what they're looking for, how much time they're going to spend in your company. I think it's fair to ask, you know, let, let's talk about the parameters of the questions to, to
1: make that CEO feel a little bit better. Hope for the best, and chances are it'll turn out pretty good. Sure. I mean, everybody's terrified of getting like the 60 minutes treatment, right? Where the reporter <laughs> right. shows up and all of a sudden you think it's a good news story and it's a bad news story.
2: Right. You know, I, I think for the most part, and some people might dispute this, but based on what I have seen over the years, very seldom. Does that actually happen? Yes, there are those stories where that somebody gets the sixty minutes treatment, but I guarantee uh, even Mike Wallace would give give uh, CEOs a heads
1: up I'm going to ask you these tough questions. Get ready here it comes yeah so, so. So, so sometimes what you help people do is is damage control when there is a bad story absolutely and in, in that situation, they are going to need to have well-thought-out answers to the tough questions that you would know are coming or can anticipate are coming. Absolutely, um, it's it,
2: it, if a person sets aside a certain amount of time and thinks about what are the possibilities of this interview? Where where could a set of questions lead? What is the worst thing somebody could ask me? If, if you allot a, just a certain amount of time to, to think this through, you can pretty much be ready for anything, I think.
0: Yeah, so your fourth thing on here, and it's kind of a thing we've talked a little bit about a little bit earlier, which is the don't bury the lead in your <laughs> pitch. But I guess it bears mentioning one more time, right? You want to get, when you're going to tell someone what you want to talk about, you should be able to tell them that straight away.
2: Absolutely. I'm busy. You're busy. Reporters are busy. Everybody's busy these days and chances are when you're talking to that journalist on the phone or you're talking to their assignment manager, everybody's busy. Get right to the point. Make it simple. Help them understand in a, in a sentence or two what the story is about. Put your best foot forward, make it interesting. Uh, this, this is your uh, own opportunity at marketing. So sell it, uh, put all your energy into that. Um, serve it up on a silver platter. You know, choose a nugget or two that makes your story, in, in your opinion, makes your story really interesting and dynamic, lead with that. That's what TV stations do. That's what newspapers do when they write their headlines they craft the most interesting thing uh, about the story and put it in the headline.
0: Do you have any stories from your perspective, just something where you said, I got to cover something that was kind of fun and it did come in on a pitch like this where someone just got it right, but it was a thing you might not have known about otherwise?
2: I think um, one example that comes to mind, there's been a lot of talk about um, tariffs being placed on, on other countries. I remember one day getting a, a call from a local company, a rather small manufacturer. They dealt in um, steel products, and this is a company that, you know, quite honestly, I cannot think of any other reason or occasion that as a reporter I ever would have driven to where they are located and done any sort of an interview with these folks, but now we're talking about a, uh, an international story regarding tariffs, and here was a guy in my backyard that owned a company uh, dealing in steel. He called up, his message was simple. He said, we tried to do everything right, but if this keeps up, we're going to go out of business, I'm going to lay a dozen people off, and bingo, he said all the right things, it was simple, I understood it, I went out there and had three versions of the story on that very day.
0: Yeah, well, So and 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 what an unlikely thing, right? Like you said, place you wouldn't have been, talking to a person you would never probably talk to, and it just happened that they localized a thing
2: for you. Absolutely. It was a thing of beauty that day, and I was a guy who needed a story.
1: Yeah, that's great. If you're a local news guy, you're always a guy that needs a story,
2: right? <laughs> right. You definitely are. You really are, Scott.
0: All right, Tim. This is all great advice and some great stories, and I think it gives people some hope. But I, I'm going to tell you, I, I know we're kind of at the end of the time that we had set aside for doing this mm-hmm. thing. I've still got questions. I'll bet you Scott's got questions. I'll bet you the audience has questions. So I'm wondering... If we could get you to maybe come back and answer some more questions.
2: I think you could easily twist my arm and I'll come right back here. I love to talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. I,
0: well, I mean, A, you're great at it and you've got all the experience in the world. There's no reason we wouldn't want to have you back. But I think we're gonna get lots of questions. Let's, we're gonna set a date. We're gonna tell the audience, I'm gonna tell you right now, you dear listener, we love you, we want to help you. We think there are things you wanna know from Tim Waller. Let's, uh, I'm gonna ask you to set Send us your questions. We'll, uh, you know, you can send them back to us. We got our telephone number. You can follow them in if you want. You can send them through text. You can put them out on our Twitter feed. We'll give you every which way that you want to. You send them to us, and we will uh, get those things back to Tim, and we'll have Tim back and answer answer some of those questions about their uh, how they get their business, the media coverage they're looking for.
2: I would really enjoy that. Thank you.
0: All right. Scott, thanks for your help.
2: Thank
1: you, Phil.
0: And Tim, thank you for being our guest.
2: My pleasure.